Namaste and welcome to my seventh podcast on another subject of current importance. This time I discuss child marriage with my guests. The practice of child marriage prevails and alas persists in many Indian states despite a 2006 law which prohibits a girl being married before she's 18 and a boy before he's 21. Conversations with my four guests will tell you what is happening and put you fully in the picture. My first guest will be Dr. Casey James, the director of the International Institute of Population Sciences Mumbai. the institute which conducts the national family health surveys every 5 years and which covers population health women and children's development through one of the world's largest surveys and it includes child marriage my second guest is the well-known child rights activist kriti bharti acclaimed and awarded for preventing over 1500 child marriages around jodhpur in rajasthan She became famous for succeeding in getting the first case of annulment of a child marriage through a court order in 2012. My next guest is Mr. Priyank Kanungo, who is the chairman of the National Commission for the Protection of Child Rights, and in fact, he answers how NCPCR is confronting the problem. How do kids who have no capacity to get their marriage nullified on their own get protection? care and legal support to get a perspective on whether child marriage is only an indian phenomena i talked to dr ravi varma the director of the asia office of the international center for research on women he tells me on the basis of icrw research what works but also what doesn't It is unacceptable that a progressive country cannot stop young girls from being forced to undergo underage marriage. Why should they have to deal with pregnancy, motherhood and child rearing only because a regressive society wills it that way? The only hope is that the law is modified to make the undoing of underage marriages simple and the law enforcement agencies do not pander to regressive social groups howsoever important they are to local politics in my podcast you'll get food for thought plus a little welcome news do listen in you're tuned into over to shalaja a podcast where we will talk about diverse experiences from my long career as a civil servant and the different roles i have played for over 50 years but the podcast is not about my career or my achievements i bring you stories rooted in real life which remain and are even more relevant today i'm your host shailaja chandra and this is my podcast over to shailaja September 2021 was a tumultuous month for the subject of child marriage. It all started when the Rajasthan Assembly passed the Rajasthan Compulsory Registration of Marriages Amendment Bill 2021 on the 18th of September 2021. As a long-time civil servant, I knew the process of formulating and passing bills well. 
I could not believe that the law and legislative departments of Rajasthan state, which follows pretty sound administrative systems, had permitted such a bill to be tabled in the assembly. No state act can go against the provisions of a central act, which is exactly what the Rajasthan Amendment Bill had tried to do, whatever be the explanations given subsequently. Fortunately, we now know the Rajasthan government has decided to withdraw the bill and reconsider it. Most certainly, the widespread media outcry or a rap on the knuckles from NCPCR, which safeguards child rights, would have triggered a rethink. Be that as it may, the controversy has brought the subject of child marriage onto centre stage, which is why I am discussing it today. Before I start my conversations with four experienced guests, let me recount some basic facts about child marriage as a backdrop. First, though illegal, the depraved practice of child marriage when the girl is less than 18 and the boy is less than 21 persists, not just in Rajasthan but in several states in India. The NFHS data shows the magnitude of child marriage and it ranges from 20% to 40% of all marriages in that state. We will get more details from my opening guest. Second, data published by the National Crime Records Bureau shows that during 2020 there was a near 50% increase in the reports of child marriage cases compared to 2019. Although this could be because of better reporting, there is all-round acceptance that the pandemic had indeed accelerated child marriages. Third, under the 2006 Prohibition of Child Marriage Act, a married child can request an annulment of the marriage up to two years after reaching adulthood, which is 18 for girls and 21 for boys. Rightly, the criticism is that the law puts the whole onus on the victims, mere kids without financial or social support, to have their marriage declared void. This is asking for the impossible, and we will find out more about what government might do given the situation. My podcast brings out the issues and we will find out more about what the government might do given such a situation. A good reason to listen. Fourth, child marriages are a social evil which snatches away childhood and development. Wedlock subjects a young girl who is herself just a child to somehow manage cohabitation, pregnancy, childbirth and also assume responsibility for child rearing. All this without access to her own basic health, education or social support. This affects debility and even mortality among young mothers and their children. When we are so keen to bring down the maternal and infant mortality rate, what could be worse than allowing child marriages to continue? Yes, this backdrop does sound gloomy, but in this podcast, you will hear how things might change for the better. Let's start. I start with Dr. Casey James, and I'm indeed fortunate to have him. He's the director of the International Institute of Population Sciences, an apex institution for the study of demographics and more famous for organizing the National Family Health Service every five years since 1991. It is an institution under the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare. 
Dr. James, thank you for coming on my podcast. I really feel privileged to have you because an overview of the state-wise picture of child marriage is essential before one begins any discussion on what can be done about it. Coming straight to the point, I want to ask you which states in the country have a very high percentage of child marriage? In which states has there been any improvement? And in which states has the decline in child marriage been slow? Nearly 40% of the women in the age group 20 to 24 married before the legal age at marriage of 80 in the states of Bihar and West Bengal. These are the two states with highest level of child marriages in the country. Tripura is another state with high levels of child marriages around in the 40s. There are other states like Rajasthan, Madhya Pradesh, Andhra Pradesh, Assam, Jharkhand has also very high levels of child marriage within the range of 30 to 39%. There are also a large number of other states like Uttar Pradesh, Karnataka, Gujarat, Maharashtra, etc. where around 20 to 29% of women getting married before the legal age at marriage of 80. The states with high incidence of child marriages belongs to all regions in the country, irrespective of South, North, East or West. The Perhaps the next important question is whether the child marriage rates are changing over the period and what are the evidences on this. We have information only on some selected states based on the NFHS 5 results published in 2019-21 as the data for nearly half of the states are yet to be released. What is apparent is that the improvement is not as much as one would have expected. With the rapid increase in the enrollment rates at different levels, it was also expected that the reduction in child marriage rates too would have been accelerated. The states of Andhra Pradesh Telangana and Maharashtra have shown some improvement, but states like Bihar and West Bengal, where the child marriages has been over 40%, did not show any significant change over the last four years. Even in those states where there is improvement, it has been insubstantial, a maximum of just four percentage points. Compared to the improvements in the maternal and child health areas, the decline in child marriages has been perhaps very marginal. We have a long way to go in that direction. Increasing age at marriage of girls critically perhaps depend on the opportunities they get from high school education or education beyond that. Despite primary school education becoming more universal, female enrollment beyond class 8 as well as college education remains relatively low in this country. It is important that educational outcomes are measured. Education must also lead to help women's labor force participation and productive employment. Then perhaps we can expect the value of girl child to increase in the society and also the society's progress and which will ultimately lead to reduction in child marriage. Thank you for such a comprehensive overview. But I know that from the work that I had done in the National Population Stabilization Fund, the very families who actually indulge in this do not really understand the correlation between child marriage and higher infant mortality or even higher maternal mortality or 
the underweight children, the stunting, the wasting, all these are linked. But how do you, I mean, uh, can you tell us something which actually says this? This is a belief of people, but you would be having definitely an answer to it. Well, there is no doubt to that fact that the early marriages will lead to births of underweight children, lead to higher infant mortality rate or even high maternal mortality rate. These are well established. But at the same time, it is also important to remember that the infant mortality and maternal mortality in every states in India, including those states with high levels of child marriages, are declining at a much faster rate in recent times. India will achieve the target set by national health policy in 2017 and also sustainable development goals by UN well on time on these indicators. But issues like child marriage need to be viewed at the community level. The involvement is fundamental, but you know the society must support it very fully. In India, marriages are not merely a household function, as all of us know, but more of a community gathering. And unless the community pressurizes parents to delay the marriages of their daughters, changes may not happen. The community needs to be educated on the bond effect of early marriages and particularly its effect on all other aspects which you have talked about. They also need to be assured about security of the girl children. That's also very important in, in this country. And that are all achievable, but it needs to be given primacy and should be visible and should have a so perhaps visible public support. I think these are the possible ways to which we can really address the issue of child marriage. Thank you, Dr. James, because, you know, the general feeling was that there is an appreciable decline. Obviously, there is not. Of course, it is concentrated in certain states and districts. But as you said, it is not necessarily a regional phenomena. It cuts across. Thank you very much for coming. I mean, you have such a busy schedule to spare time for my podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. And next, I'm going to chat with one of India's successful campaigners who has received national and international acclaim and recognition for preventing child marriages and getting more than two score annulled. My guest is Kriti Bharati, who operates out of Jodhpur in Rajasthan. Kriti Bharati, मैं बहुत आपकी आभारी हूँ कि आज आपने मेरी रिक्वेस्ट मान के मेरे पॉडकास्ट पे थोड़ी बात करने के लिए समय निकाल दिया कई सालों से आप ये चाइल्ड मैरिजेस के विरुद्ध काम कर रही हैं और मुझे ताजुब हुआ कि ये जो लड़कियाँ आप मैंने उनकी आप उनकी पूरी रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी जब लेती हैं तो सिर्फ रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी कोर्ट केस का नहीं बहुत कुछ होता है उसमें उनका पालन पोषण उनका स्कूलिंग उनका प्रोटेक्शन वो सब आप इसको संभालती हैं उसके बाद आप कोर्ट में जाती हैं और इसको इसके विरुद्ध अनलमेंट के केसेस डालती है प्रिवेंशन के लिए काम करती हैं पर वो तो कई लोग काम करते हैं पर आपने त्रियालीस केसेस इस डेट तक और पहला केस 2012 का था मैं पूछना चाहूँगी कृति जी ये 
थोड़ा सा आप हमें कुछ बताएंगे कि ऐसे कैसे किया आपने ये काम मीनिंग आपके एक्सपीरियंस क्या रही बिगेस्ट ऑब्स्टिकल्स क्या रहे जी जब भी कोई लड़की मेरे पास आती है और वो अपना बाल विवाह खत्म करना चाहती है वो उस बाल विवाह से मुक्ति चाहती है तो सबसे बड़ा जो ऑब्स्टिकल आता है वो आता है जाति पंच राजस्थान में इन्हें जाति पंच कहा जाता है हरियाणा और दूसरे स्टेट्स में इनको खाप पंचायत कहा जाता है ये जाति पंच खुद को सो मोटो कोर्ट समझते हैं और किसी की भी जिंदगी का फैसला लेने का हक समझते हैं और जब लड़की कहती है कि मैं उस बाल विवाह में नहीं रहना चाहती उसका विरोध करती है तो ये जाति पंच उस लड़की के को और उसके परिवार को जाति बाहर कर देते हैं उनके ऊपर लाखों रुपए का दंड लगा देते हैं उनका हुक्का पानी बंद कर देते हैं और उनकी स्थिति बहुत ज्यादा दयनीय हो जाती है परिवार जो है ऐसे में बच्ची का साथ छोड़ देते हैं क्योंकि वो उस स्थिति को फेस नहीं कर पाते हैं ऐसे में कोर्ट का जो प्रोसेस है बाल विवाह निरस्त का अनलमेंट का वो तो है ही जहाँ हमको एविडेंसेस कलेक्ट करने है दूसरी चीजें प्रोसेस करना है उसके अलावा बच्चियों का लाइवलीहुड एजुकेशन शेल्टर जो बेसिक हमारी लाइवलीहुड की चीजें हैं वो सब चीजें हमारे ऊपर आ जाती हैं उनको काउंसलिंग करना उनको रिहेबिलिटेट करना ताकि वो उस बाल विवाह से निकले और ये रिहेबिलिटेशन सिर्फ साइकोलॉजिकली नहीं हो फिजिकली भी हो साइकोलॉजिकली भी हो और सोशली भी हो इसके फिर हमको प्रयास करने पड़ते हैं तो जब आपने ये काम किया है कृति जी जब भी एक केस लिया तो नेचुरली बहुत ही रेजिस्टेंस होगा सोसाइटी से वही ग्रामीण सोसाइटी से पेरेंट्स से इन लॉज से तो आपके ऊपर भी कोई किसी थ्रेट्स वगैरह आपने फेस किए हैं क्या मैं बाल विवाह जैसे मुद्दे पर काम कर रही हूँ जो संस्कृति में बसा हुआ है लोग सोचते हैं ये हमारी संस्कृति है हमारी रूढ़ी है और जब आप किसी रूढ़ी के खिलाफ काम करते हैं तो फिर आपको थ्रेट्स भी मिलते हैं धमकियां मिलती हैं आप पर हमले होते हैं मुझे लंच ब्रेकफास्ट डिनर में मील्स मिले या न मिले पर धमकियां जरूर मिल जाती है और क्योंकि फीमेल हूँ तो रेप थ्रेटनिंग तो इजीएस्ट थ्रेटनिंग है देने के लिए लेकिन क्योंकि मेरा चाइल्डहुड खुद स्ट्रगलिंग रहा है मैंने अब्यूज एक्सप्लोइटेशन को तब पढ़ा जब मैंने शायद एबीसीडी भी नहीं समझी होगी तब मैंने अब्यूज एक्सप्लोइटेशन की डेफिनेशन समझ ली थी तो इसलिए मेरे अंदर जो बच्चियों को बचाने का जुनून है वो इन थ्रेट्स के बाद हम लोग के बाद भी खत्म नहीं होता क्योंकि आप एक चाइल्ड साइकोलॉजिस्ट भी है और आपने बहुत पढ़ी लिखी भी है अगर लीगली और या एडमिनिस्ट्रेटिवली कोई भी चेंज या बदलाव लाने की आवश्यकता है तो आपके व्यू में व्हाट वुड बी द वन स्टेप और टू स्टेप्स व्हिच विल मेक अ बिग डिफरेंस टू व्हाट इज हैपनिंग वेल मैं थ्री स्टेप्स आपके साथ शेयर करना चाहूंगी लू पोल्स तो लॉज में काफी हैं लेकिन जितना भी लॉ है अगर हम उसको सही से एडमिनिस्ट्रेट कर लें सही से इम्प्लीमेंट कर लें तो बहुत सारे चेंजेस हमको देखने को मिल जाते हैं उसमें से तीन चीजें जो मुझे बहुत इंपॉर्टेंट लगती हैं कि अगर हमने ये कर लिया तो हमारा जो देश का सीनैरियो है वो ही चेंज हो जाएगा सबसे जो पहला मुझे लगता है कि चाइल्ड मैरिज अनलमेंट पे गवर्नमेंट को और साथ में जो फंडिंग एजेंसीज हैं उनको 
काम करना चाहिए क्योंकि यही एक तरीका है ये एक वैक्सीन है बाल विवाह जैसी बीमारी से लड़ने की उनको बच्चियों को बाल विवाह की बीमारी से ठीक करने की सेकेंडली पीनल सेक्शंस जो हैं उनको मजबूत करने की जरूरत है ये कहावत है कि भय बिना प्रेत नहीं जब तक हम चाइल्ड मैरिज को क्राइम की नजर से नहीं देखेंगे पीनल सिस्टम को स्ट्रांग नहीं करेंगे तब तक लोग इसको करते रहेंगे तो इसलिए जरूरी है कि पीनल सिस्टम को स्ट्रांग किया जाए थर्डली जो मुझे लगता है कि माइंडसेट चेंज होना चाहिए लोगों को ये समझाना बहुत जरूरी है कि चाइल्ड मैरिज किसी भी रूप में बच्चों के लिए कहीं से भी बेनिफिशियल नहीं है वो चाइल्ड मैरिज के जरिए बच्चों को और ज्यादा अब्यूज एंड एक्सप्लाइटेशन कर रहे हैं कुल मिलाकर इन सब चीजों पे अगर हम चलेंगे तो मुझे ऐसा लगता है कि एक दिन मेरा खुद का जो सपना है कि हम बाल विवाह को सिर्फ और सिर्फ किताबों में देखें फिजिकली हम न तो बाल विवाह होते देखें न ही किसी बाल विवाह विटिम को पीड़ित को कभी नहीं देखें संस्था Some of the issues Kriti Bharati raised will be answered by my next guest, Mr. Priyanka Kanungo. Mr. Kanungo is the chairman of NCPCR, which is the National Commission for the Protection of Child Rights. Last month in September, the NCPCR had written to the Rajasthan government pointing out how the Rajasthan Compulsory Registration of Marriage Amendment Bill went against the central law which is the prohibition of child marriage act 2006 and therefore why the subject needed review and intervention we hear now that the bill is being recalled by the rajasthan government but since we are on the subject of child marriage i talked to mr kanungo about the deeper issues surrounding it for instance One has not heard of state commissions for the protection of child rights having helped children directly to get a marriage declared annulled. So, in my conversation with Mr. Kanungo, I asked him what recourse a child had once marriage had taken place before the legal age. And second, how was protection and maintenance of the child which the girl or the boy are entitled to under law enforced? Are the state commissions in different states doing anything? I humbly apologize to my listeners for the poor audio quality of my conversation with Mr. Kanungo, but he has raised some very relevant points that I'd like to share with you. So do strain your ears and listen to this short clip. Mr. Kanungo argues that in order to protect children from getting caught in the legal processes of annulling child marriages, such marriages should be annulled automatically indeed that is a welcome move ye baat bilkul theek hai ki section 3 section 4 pcma act ye baat specifically kehte hain explicitly section 4 ye baat kehta hai ki jo bhi child marriages solmized hongi 
वो सब वॉलिडेबल होगी लेकिन इसको वॉइड डिक्लेयर करवाने के लिए फिर एक बार कोर्ट जाना पड़ता है हम लोग इस लीगल हर्डल से लीगल प्रॉब्लम से जूझ रहे हैं और हम इस बात की एडवोकेसी लगातार कर रहे हैं कि ये ऑटोमेटिकली वॉइडेबल होना चाहिए और उसको होना ही इलीगल है जब तो उसको उसको वॉइड क्लियर कराने के लिए फिर कोर्ट जाना बच्चों के लिए खासतौर पे एक बहुत ही दुष्कर कार्य है आपकी बात बिल्कुल ठीक है Mr Kanungo also explains the process of how welfare is extended to the victims of child marriage and how the child welfare committees at the district level function along with their social workers. Dusri baat ke jo hamare staff mein aayi hai is dauran wo ye ki jo ladkiyan victim hai child marriage ki ladkiyan aur ladke dono bhi jo bhi victim hai child marriage wo sab जुबिनाइल जस्टिस एक्ट के सेक्शन टू में जो डेफिनेशन है सीएनसीपी बच्चों की चाइल्ड इन नीड ऑफ केयर एंड प्रोटेक्शन जो बच्चे हैं उनकी डेफिनेशन में उन सभी बच्चों को शामिल किया गया है या तो जिनकी मैरिज हुई हो या फिर उनकी शादी होने का अंदेशा किसी अथॉरिटी को हो तो उनको चाइल्ड वेलफेयर कमेटी के सामने प्रस्तुत किया जाता है चाइल्ड वेलफेयर कमेटी जुबेनाइल जस्टिस एक्ट की सेक्शन 31 से लेकर 37 तक जो उसमें इंक्वायर करती है और इंक्वायर करने के बाद ये तय करती है कि बच्चे को वापस उसके घर में रिस्टोर करना है या किसी चिल्ड्रन होम में रखना है या किसी के हर डिस्ट्रिक्ट में एक चाइल्ड वेलफेयर कमेटी होती है चाइल्ड वेलफेयर कमेटी उस डिस्ट्रिक्ट के पाँच रिनॉन सोशल वर्कर को मिलाकर बनी हुई होती है उस चाइल्ड वेलफेयर कमेटी का ही एक काम है कि तो बच्चे के वेलबींग इंश्योर करने के लिए ऐसी सभी बच्चे जो चाइल्ड इन नीड ऑफ केयर एंड प्रोटेक्शन की कैटेगरी में आए हैं और जैसा मैंने आपको बताया कि कानून के तहत वो बच्चे जिनकी चाइल्ड मैरिज हुई है या मैरिज होने की संभावना है वो सीएनसीपी होते हैं उनको सीडब्ल्यूसी के सामने प्रस्तुत किया जाता है जब वो सी के सामने प्रस्तुत किए जाते हैं तब सी उनके लीगल जो अधिकार हैं उनको दिलवाने के लिए काम करती है और जब कोर्ट में इस शादी को वॉइड डिक्लेयर कराने की बात होती है तो सीडब्ल्यूसी के रिकमेंडेशन पे डिस्ट्रिक्ट लीगल सर्विस अथॉरिटी के वकील उनको मिलते हैं जो कोर्ट में उनको कानूनी मदद देने का काम करते हैं तो ये तो एक कानूनी प्रक्रिया है जिसके तहत बच्चों की शादी को नल एंड वॉइड डिक्लेयर कराया जाता है लेकिन हमारी लड़ाई जो एडवोकेसी है वो इस तरफ है कि अब इतने वर्षों के बाद कानून में वो सुधार होना चाहिए कि ऐसी सभी शादियाँ बिना कोर्ट गए ही नल एंड वॉय डिक्लेयर की जानी चाहिए क्योंकि तो जब शादी करना ही अवैधानिक है बच्चों की तब उस शादी को नल एंड वॉय डिक्लेयर कराने के लिए दोबारा एक कानूनी प्रक्रिया में जाना जबकि वो बच्चे हैं तब तब बड़ा कठिन होता I turn now to Dr. Ravi Verma, the Asia Director of the International Center for Research on Women (ICRW). Ravi heads the Asia office, which serves other countries in the region, including Bangladesh, Cambodia, China, Nepal, Thailand, and Vietnam. 
ICRW's major advocacy has been around child marriage and domestic violence, and many of these issues cut across all countries. Dr. Verma, thank you for agreeing to talk to me. Today's subject is centered around child marriage in India. The recent Rajasthan Amendment Bill, which is being withdrawn after being passed by the Assembly, has highlighted that child marriage continues to be something the rural public believes in and wants to legitimize. I come to my question to you. To overcome the practice of child marriage and equip girls to become useful and proficient in some way, almost every state government has introduced schemes to incentivize girls to stay longer in school. But your research has found that these schemes have not been very sustainable or successful in the very long term. Could you share what the research showed, what worked and what did not, and do touch on what you found in other countries if you can. Go ahead, Ravi. Thank you, Shalya ji. Uh, thank you for having me. Yes, you are absolutely right in your observation. Our studies have shown that the incentive schemes don't achieve much. Other supports like access to schools and teachers who provide mentoring to every child and not just the more promising kids is needed for incentives to work. You know, what is important is that incentives are being used as motivation itself, which can do more harm than good. The amounts obtained from the incentives are very likely used as dowry to buy the grooms as has been revealed in our studies. You know, our research shows that a majority of the girls enrolled in the schemes were married off as soon as they reached 18, as if the family was waiting to get the money. In fact, other girls not enrolled in the schemes from the same families were married off earlier. So that shows that these schemes did not change the mindset. I think the purpose of incentives should be to bring about changes in the values of the girl-child and not just achieve an instrumental purpose of shifting age at marriage. And I, this is not only a phenomena in India. This is a kind of uh, a norm that, that exists in many other countries. And almost every country in the world has the incidence of child marriages for one or the other reasons. Thank you, Ravi. That is absolutely something that normal research doesn't tell us. And since you have done it on a scale, I'm sure there is substance. And I hope the people who make the schemes uh, really pay some attention to it at the state level. My next question really stems from the fact that there is motivation which drives young women to excel in sports, we heard the story of Rani Rampal and you know how she uh, led the hockey team of India in the Olympics. These girls come from very, very modest backgrounds and have had little access to education and things, but they excel in sports and they at least aspire to join, uh, you know, jobs like in the police or uh, anything which gives them some status in society. Obviously, parents let them fulfill their aspirations in some cases and in some areas. Then why not when it comes to academics or skill learning? Right. I must first say that you are again right in your observation that 
the aspirations regarding education and work for girls are changing in the positive directions even in the rural and rural areas and even in the far flung areas but this is very encouraging parents in fact desire their daughters to acquire higher education and girls to aspire to go into higher levels of education a majority now desires to engage in gainful employment our research from the ground reveals that we are failing to address the one thing that means most employability of the girls employability in my view and in our research means that this is more than just vocational education or skill training employability is about uh, making girls resourceful resourceful enough to be able to access information we at icrw and our and other partners uh, are working with schools uh, and uh, have done some very interesting experiments on this we brought people from the corporate sectors to the schools the schools were shown how to organize programs which exposed the girls to thinking about practical career path uh, and planning for such career path such an exposure helps girl to visualize themselves as capable of working earning and fulfilling an economic role all i am saying is that girls need to be brought up and incentivized for the aspirations so they can so that they can move away from the traditional gender norms of being just getting married and and bearing children thank you ravi that was absolutely uh, i would say gave a very clear idea that it isn't a simple case of giving money and uh, being able to be um, satisfied that you have been able to push up the age of marriage or keep a girl a one year longer in school you have given a much larger perspective of what needs to be done and drawn the difference very very aptly between vocational uh, education and skill learning and actually becoming employable thank you ravi for coming thank you for sparing the time I end with three takeaways as my conclusions. One, the magnitude of child marriages is large and efforts to prevent the practice must be accelerated. The implications of doing nothing or leaving it to ineffective bodies at the district level is an outrage on children. Allowing the status quo to continue creates many problems. Primarily, it aggravates maternal and infant disability and death. something india has tried so hard to overcome number 2 the prohibition of child marriage act 2006 is unworkable and the sooner the annulment of illegal marriages is simplified and put into a summary process the better the good news is that the thinking has started number 3 equipping girls to become wage earners is essential for their upliftment Linkages must be forged locally without waiting for the whole process of literacy, education and skill learning to be first achieved. Giving incentives to delay marriage is very well intentioned but it's not sustainable. With that, I end another podcast and thank you for having listened. I hope you learned something new. My next podcast is on Friday 5th November and the subject is air pollution. 
I will discuss whether the focus on cleaner fuel will have sufficient impact given that the major causes of pollution are firing biomass for cooking and heating, road dust and garbage burning. As usual, my guests will be people in the real know. Do tune in a fortnight hence. Until then, goodbye.